Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here for today's episode that is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you and uh, they will really appreciate that. But I'm glad today that we have, I always say this, I say this every single time. The first time it's a guest, the second time friend of the podcast, Camille Davis is back. Of course, you can find her work over at the Technical Foul Podcast technical with a K. I always have with to make K. that clear. Camille, <laughs> how are you doing today? We were just talking before we started recording. Have you, you know, we're 24 hours post game one. Are we in a, a better mental position than we were 24 hours ago? How are we feeling? You know, it's going to depend a lot on how the Bucks come out in game <laughs> two. Um, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's like the conversation around game one is a conversation that we've been having. If you've been really paying attention, the Bucks' effort just hasn't really been there throughout the bubble so far. Um, they've been sloppy. I mentioned it the last time um, I was on Locked On, and it was something that was concerning then, but I thought that, hey, maybe it's just because, you know, they're taking these heating games to get into conditioning shape. They're using it to be healthy. They're not really looking to get the win every time. They're just kind of working some things out. But then game one happened and it looked a lot like some of those seeding games outside of uh, Miami in the second half and Boston where they play more like this themselves. But yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, that was one of those days where it's like, it's time to log off Twitter. <laughs> um, but once the Lakers lost as well, I said, okay, this, this evening's a little bit more salvageable now. We won't be the only team getting, <laughs> getting some heat tomorrow. <laughs> so we were talking, it was so funny. We were talking during the fourth quarter of the Lakers Blazers game yesterday. Yeah. And that was when I asked you if you had some free time tonight to chat. And we both sort of said the same thing. And I'm wondering whether the listeners are feeling the same way, because I, I do feel that as soon as the Lakers lost that game, uh, everything just felt like uh, it's going to be fine. It, it'll be <laughs> fine. It was just one game. We'll be okay in game two. I, I will say that, you know, without doubt, you know, the, the way the Blazers have been playing and the weapons that they have, yeah. you know, no disrespect to the Magic, the team that just literally handled the Bucks a few hours earlier, but they are a different caliber of team. Um, and, and you should be a little bit more fearful of the Blazers than a team like the Bucks should be uh, against the Magic. But you know, it's interesting because the effort to me, this, uh, I agree with you. We spoke about this. I was of the feeling and of the belief that, you know, come playoff time, they're just going to, they're going to turn it on. And you can talk about the fact that um, there's no switch, but effort, I don't think is really a switch. I mean, you either come to play or you don't. I thought they looked like a team that thought they were going to sleepwalk through that game to a win yesterday. They've been in this position before against the Celtics where they had an extended break before they played game one in a series. Now I know the magic did as well, but it just doesn't seem to be something that sits well with this team. So I have no doubt that game two, you're going to know in the first quarter whether they're, mm-hmm. you, should, you should really be panicking right now or this is going to be okay and they're going to right the ship. I asked Bud in the post game about uh, uh, urgency. And I, I just said, listen, you've said the same things for eight games straight, basically. 
and we're still here after game one of the playoffs and you're still saying that they're not uh, they're not being aggressive enough, the energy isn't there. Are you concerned? And he said, well, I, I want the aggressiveness to be there. And we weren't aggressive enough tonight. The other team played harder than us. It's, it's a little concerning. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, after eight seeding games and three scrimmages, so this is 12 mm-hmm. games now that we've been saying the same things. Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating because I think we know, I'm sure Bud knows and that team knows, they're better than what, they, what they've been doing. We, we've seen the, the, the proof that they are better than what they've been doing since they've been in the bubble so far. And I think that's part of why it's so frustrating. And as mentioned before, we've seen glimpses where they are really focused for a time and we can see what they can do. So to see them not doing it come playoff time where you would think that the energy would be high internally. Um, Giannis made comments about that, like it's about the internal juice you have. Right. You got to kind of bring that in this situation because, I mean, a lot of teams are missing their fans, but I feel like the Bucks are really missing um, playing in front of some some fans right now, getting that energy when they don't really have it at times. Um, there's just a lot to clean up, but I still have faith that they can clean it up. And as you mentioned, the Magic are a different caliber team. No disrespect, given the fact that they embarrassed us mm-hmm. um, in game one than, than the Blazers are. So, I still fully believe that the Bucks can win, well, should win this series. If they don't, then we have a lot more to talk about. But um, I think they should, they should win this series still. And the thing that concerns me a little bit more looking ahead is they get past this task, but what about round two? Because the competition level is going to be higher than it is in this round. And if you can't get up for this round, then I'm not, I'm not feeling as confident as I was before uh, we restarted play about the Bucks' chances of winning a title, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good point you make. I mean, we can talk about this first round series all we want, but, you know, let's be honest. When we come into the playoffs and we came into the season restart, we weren't thinking about celebrating a first round win. It, it wasn't no. about that. It was about a long journey, <laughs> hopefully all the way to the NBA finals. I think the point you make about the fans is interesting because, I, you know, I, I thought yesterday watching the game, when Chris Milton was fouled, he went back. We spoke about this again before we started recording. We were, we were sort of laughing about this. But Milton went two for three from the free throw line. And I think in that situation, if this game's at five, serve four, I think the Bucks crush Orlando. And, and mm-hmm. it's, that's not, it's not taking anything away from the Magic. But the point is that in those situations, I think the biggest momentum swings in playoff games is the other team can try and call a timeout to slow down the opposition. They can. But if it's in their building, when an opposition team calls a timeout because the other team's on a run, that's literally the loudest the building ever gets because yeah. they know that they've got you exactly where they want you, right? So <laughs> I thought that that was a significant point in this game where the Bucks, in a, in a normal situation, would have ran over the top of the Magic. I think the Lakers had some similar situations as well. But, you know, the reality is they're never going to have that in, in this postseason. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to get over it. And I, I think that it's not the players' fault because they continually get asked the same questions and every single press conference I'm in, the same the people will ask the same questions. Oh, what's it like with no fans? What's it like being in the bubble? Is this difficult? So I, I don't blame the players for this, but you know, when you, when you hear more and more answers about, yeah, it is difficult without our families and it's not a great situation and you can't get away from basketball. And you heard it from both the Lakers and the Bucks yesterday. It, it's just... You don't want to hear it. You want to hear them say, you, want to, you just want to hear them say, it doesn't matter. Everyone's in the same situation. We played like shit, but we know we can be better. You know, you don't want to hear the, the family mm-hmm. stuff, even though I, I, it's, I 100% understand. I think that it's got to be extremely difficult. You think about a guy like Giannis, he's got a, what, a four-month-old baby at home that he can't see. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, it's a terrible situation to be in, but everyone is in the same boat. And I, 
I don't know. I just, I don't want to hear him keep talking about it, but at the same time, I wish people would stop asking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I respect the players for being that transparent when they exactly, are answering yeah. the question and, and admitting that, because I think that most of us would have some trouble adapting in that situation. But it's also, like you said, everyone's in the exact same position. Like there's no, like you're not getting punished unfairly in this situation. Everyone is at the exact same place doing the exact same thing. And the way that you're mentally going into each game and the way that you're preparing and the way that you're framing it, it's going to mean a lot. Um, yeah, it, it's important. The mindset has to be there too, to help drive the actual physical that's going. And I can understand how hard that might be. Um, so I'm really hoping that the team is coming together. Maybe that they lean on each other a little bit more than they have before. Um, they seem like they really had that family vibe too, mm-hmm. just going into the season. They always talked about how they enjoy hanging around with each other and being around each other. and I hope that's still the case with them, um, even though they've, they've lost more games over the last 12 games or so than they have in a while. So, yeah, they have to lean on each other a little bit, and I just hope that they'll be able to um, get that together because, like you mentioned, it's a hard situation. All right, Camille, I'm going to jump in and give you and the listeners a recommendation to start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today hosts Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. And then after you do that, maybe you've got a bit of work to do on the car. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what your mechanical skills are like. But rockauto.com is the place to go if you do need to work on your car or truck. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Of course, the best thing about this is the prices are reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It's just one of those things, we've seen it, uh, and this is, and I know that no one is going to know what what the hell I'm talking about here, so stick with me with this story for a little bit, but we've seen it here (laughs) in Australian football, because right across the world, teams are going through different situations, whether it's, uh, you know, a bubble for the NBA, in Australian football, they've sent teams interstate to, to live in hubs and there was one team in particular that is that is expected to be right up there in the champion to uh, to win the championship and they first went to their hub interstate and they continually were talking in the media the coach was continually talking about that this is difficult you know we don't know how long we're going to be here like there's no family and it filtered through filtered through filtered through and eventually they lost a bunch of games and then they went home and they all, and then now they're on fire. And everyone admitted that, yeah, we just had the wrong attitude. We were talking about it too much. Mm-hmm. And once one person talks about it, then the next person thinks, this does kind of suck. This is a little bit difficult, actually. You're right. And then the next person thinks the same thing. So, um, you know, I, I'm not at all suggesting that that's the situation with the Bucks and the, the head isn't in the right place. There is a professional unit as, as there is around the NBA. I, I do think that they maybe, as much as any team, will get a huge boost once they just get through the first round and family is allowed into the yeah. bubble. That's all they got to do. They're just going to get through this series and I think they're going to be fine. But Wesley Matthews this morning answered the question and you sort of just pointed to this with Zora Stevenson. She asked, are you guys still having fun? And she mm-hmm. asked a number of players because she said, you guys are always smiling, laughing. Are you still having fun in the bubble right now? 
And Wesley Matthews said, oh, yeah, for sure. He goes, we are. He said, it's different. But, uh, it, you know, to be honest, we just got our asses kicked yesterday in every single area of the game. And we're just going to bounce back. And I'm, I'm confident we will. And I was listening to that and I was like, okay, well, that's, that's again, pretty honest. This team is so honest, but he's right. Mm-hmm. They got their asses kicked in every aspect of the game yesterday. Yeah, they did in every single way. And we know, as I mentioned before, that they're better than that. But to hear that that was Russ's response is encouraging because it acknowledges like, yes, we were outplayed. Give Orlando credit for what they did because we didn't, we didn't show the same effort, but we're also going to be ready going forward. But to also hear that they're still having fun that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable as well because it's, it's a, it's a game. Yes. But they're, they're paid to do it and they're here to win and they're competitive and all that, but they've always talked about the joy of the game. Like that's mm-hmm. been something that's just been a common refrain with this team and to hear that they still feel that way, even with the losing um, it's encouraging because it shows that they still have that togetherness as a team. So hopefully we can start seeing that in some more action um, on the court. We can start seeing them clean up some of these, problem areas the overhelping, um being out of position the turnovers just being in the wrong places not pushing the pace so game two is going to be a big game off also not an afternoon game which <laughs> might uh might help them out a little bit to come out with a little bit more uh fire behind them everyone's happy about the fact it's not an afternoon game i can tell you that <laughs> maybe no one more than me but let's talk about some of those problem areas so uh, let me pull up a tweet here from our friend Dean Maniat, who, uh, you know, we're all just glad he's back on board. He provides all the yes. great numbers that we enjoy on Twitter. But this is the concern for me defensively for the Bucs. So you can talk about Vucevic all day long. And yes, he was a problem. There's no doubt about that. He played, you know, maybe the game of his career. He was unbelievable. But the problem for the Bucs was the rim, uh, the paint defense. I mean, they've been by so far mm-hmm. the most dominant team defending in the paint this season. It's not funny. If you look at the rim field goal percentage in yesterday's game, the Magic shot 68.4%, which is 13% higher than the regular season. Uh, if you look at the, the paint non-rim, uh, so non-restricted area uh, paint, uh, the regular season, the Bucks held teams to 37.1%. Yesterday, the Magic shot 60%, so 23% higher than they did in the regular season. So the numbers were up across the board. Above the break, threes were plus 7% and mid-range plus 8%. But, you know, like the mid-range and the three-point shots, we're going to talk about it a lot because that's the most obvious thing. But if you look at those numbers, I mean, that is horrifying for a team that has... That's been their bread and butter. Like, you can beat the Bucks and shoot 23s, but you're not going to get layups. And they got layups all day long. Exactly. And it's so interesting that this is the game that they had after Eric Neem of The Athletic released the article focusing yeah. on how Brooke is such a dominant paint presence. And amazing article, love reading it, learned so much from it. So it was also really helpful having read that article and then mm-hmm. watching the game because you're seeing where their the communication is off. Because things that Brooke pointed out saying, like, I know I have help behind me in these situations or I'm dropping here to do this because of this situation and to see in the game that it's not flowing as coherently. It was just like, something's just still not right here. And if you're not protecting the paint, like that's a staple of this defense, because as you mentioned, like the threes are going to come. Threes can be streaky. We've seen that with the Bucks too, where some nights just aren't going to be your night, but and some nights are going to be your night. But if you're able to protect the paint still, you're going to be in a good shape to still try to win this game. And also with them not getting the stops, it led to them not being able to get into some of their offense the way they normally do. Um, the Bucks love getting out, running in transition, attacking before the other defense is set. So 
they're missing that aspect of their game too because they're not able to get the stops they normally do on defense. Yeah, that's that's a that's a really good point because I want to move to the offense a little bit because I do feel, and I've been saying this all along. So eventually, I'm just going to look stupid if they don't clean it up. But I, I've said all along that defensively, I do think that this team is going to figure it out. I think you come up against a, a Magic team in game one, and Vucevic's a really difficult cover. I was talking with Frank uh, Madden about this. Uh, I don't need to say his last name. I can just say Frank. People know who Frank is. But <laughs> he, uh, he, he was talking about Vucevic being a tough cover because not only is he a guy that hurts you in pick-and-pop scenarios, but he's also a, a really damn good player in the post. So mm-hmm. when you talk about going small in lineups, at times yesterday, he looked like he took advantage of Marvin Williams a little bit in the post. Uh, we know Marvin's you know, been a terrific defender across the course of his career, and he's a guy that you can play in small ball lineups, but there just isn't too many players like Vucevic. He's kind of unique in that area. But the Bucks only had 10 fast break points on the day. Again, this is numbers from another Dean tweet, which I think he got from the Nate Duncan, uh, Danny LaRue podcast, I think. So if, if that's the case, I should shout them out. But 20 transition possessions yesterday for the Bucks. Uh, they got 0.7 points per possession, which is down from 1.07 uh, during the regular season. Effective field goal percentage of 36.7 and three turnovers. So uh, not only did they not get the transition possessions they would normally try to get and get the ball to Giannis and get those easy uh, two points, sometimes three points, obviously. Uh, they were sloppy when they did. They were slow and they didn't look for good shots. For mine, the pull-up threes were driving me insane when you're playing from behind. Yeah, I heard you guys talk about that on yesterday's episode, and I could not agree more. When you're up those early shot clock threes, those pull-up threes, yeah, you can have a little bit more luxury with them because you're up. But when you're trying to crawl back into a game, like I'm not sure if that's the best shot in that in that situation. But it does remind me, watching the game, one thing that I did take away that was a positive was the fact that they got outplayed throughout the game, as we've acknowledged. But looking at the box score, you see that, that first quarter is what really did the Bucks in. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost that first quarter by 10, and then they're out. They tied in the second. They lost the third by three, and they won the fourth by one. So they were able to pick it up somewhat even while playing completely disjointed, which once again shows me that they will be able to beat this team in four, you know, four, out of four to seven times. But, yeah, they really just, they just have to <laughs> clean that up a little bit more. All right, it's nearly lunchtime over here, Camille, which means that maybe – it might be time to use the DoorDash app to get myself a sweet meal for lunch because between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails and never-ending Bucks podcasts, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. If you want Chinese, if you want pizza, there's always a craving that someone has. Everything can be found on the DoorDash app. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for those deliveries. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. They're doing the contactless delivery, so it's completely safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off. And zero delivery fees when you use the code locked on NBA. Don't forget that's locked on NBA for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. The pull-ups, and I looked into these numbers a little bit more just to confirm what I was watching. But the pull-ups on the day, Bledsoe is 0 for 5 on pull-ups, 0 for 4 on three-point pull-up attempts. Giannis 
was one for five on pull-ups. All of those were three. So this is kind of what I was talking about yesterday when I said Giannis can shoot three for seven from three. And if you mm-hmm. just look at the box score, you say, oh, he had a nice shooting night. But if you're watching the game, the ones that he missed were really bad shots when the Bucks were trying to get back into the game. And the other point that was interesting for me offensively, I, I think Brooke Lopez, the only, this is by NBA.com, and the stats are a little bit funny, these tracking, tracking stats, but only five post-ups on the day. This has been something that the Bucks have really utilized through the seeding games. I would have liked to see Brooke get a little bit more involved if we could. He was, again, sort of out on the perimeter, I and mean, he's not looking, knocking down those threes. Again, at times, it felt like the Bucks were a little bit bogged down. And the last one, the pick and roll, Giannis and Chris, we've seen the Bucks go to this down the stretch. It's really been their fourth quarter money play when they need a bucket. They went to it again uh, in the fourth quarter yesterday. Giannis was the role man in pick and roll situations on four possessions. He was two for three from the field in those. Uh, one of those was an and one. And then the other possession, he got to the free throw line. So the only one he missed was that wide open layup. I'm not sure if you remember that one, Camille. That he simply yeah. just doesn't miss. So again, make the Orlando defense move a little bit. Don't, stop bailing them out with uh, pull-up jump shots because if this team starts to move around a little bit and Bud pointed to that in this morning's press conference, he said, offensively, we simply didn't make them work. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the, to me, that's the key. And you can see that in the pick and roll numbers. They don't have an answer to that. So it runs some offense and you should be able to uh, score against this team. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, although they get so many points in transition, like they're able, they should be able to get the magic in the half court sets as well, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of different mismatches to exploit. Um, I would keep running that pick and roll until they, uh-huh. they could prove to me that they could actually stop it and just try and throw in some different wrinkles throughout. I know Bud mentioned trying to move Giannis to some different places on the court mm-hmm. to initiate the action. So I'll be definitely looking forward to seeing how that looks in game two as well. So I'm just looking at the time here. Is it 5.30 tip? Am I, am I right there? I think that sounds right. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Five, five or 5.30. Five, you're at five o'clock central time. That's good. That's 8 a.m. for me. I'll be very happy with that. But, you know, uh, we talk about must wins and I will say, and I've been on the record to say that uh, I am not panicking until they lose a third game in this series. But I tell you what, you do, you do want to avoid going down 2-0 to the eighth seed magic. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we definitely spoke about the fact that I think when you look across to the West, and you see the Lakers down at 1-0 as well. It, it does make you wonder. We've spoke so much about you know, the challenge the Bucks had of coming to Orlando and saying, well, okay, when do, we, when do we ease our way into this? When do we fire up? When do we really get ourselves rolling? And I know earlier I spoke you know, a little bit about some of, the, some of the comments we've had from the players, and I, I don't want that to be overblown because I, I don't think that it's an issue. I just think it's interesting mm-hmm. in this bubble scenario to hear those, that being the conversation. There was an earlier story, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that the Bucks came to the bubble and it was noticeable how uh, slowly they were building themselves up because they expect to be here till October. So, listen, the first round series wasn't, expe- wasn't expected to be a long one. Uh, we will wait and see what happens. But if they win the game tomorrow, and, and most importantly, as I said, if they look sharp in the first quarter, then I, I think all Bucks fans will be feeling a lot better about uh, what they've seen over the last month. Yeah, I definitely will. Game two is going to reveal a lot about this team and their makeup, um, just how they respond to that adversity. Uh, I'm sure that they've they've been focused on the game, but and a lot of them always say like they are uh, that they're uh, blocking out the media. They're not really listening to that, but I know they have to have heard some of the comments that have been made uh, since they lost that game in the fashion that they did lose it. Um, that has to light some kind of fire underneath you as well. 
in addition to the internal motivation to just be better. I fully expect the Bucks to win game two. Um, if they don't, you could find me mm-hmm. somewhere like crying um, <laughs> <laughs> or something of the like. But yeah, I, I'm not really worried about this team. I think right after game one, I was more mad than than worried because it's like, I know you can be better. I've said that a few times already. And I just have faith that they're going to be able to get through this round, but they need to look sharp so that we have more confidence going into round two. Um, yeah. So I think this was a pretty measured podcast. There's no doubt about that. Yesterday, Frank and I recorded about 30 seconds after the buzzer. And Frank, <laughs> I must say, I must say, I, I've heard that Frank can get pretty fired up about the Bucks. And uh, you know, even when I messaged him yesterday, his response was, "I do not need to talk about the Bucks right now." So I think that you know, inside maybe there's some there's some inner turmoil going on with Frank. Who knows? But uh, you mentioned to me before this podcast that your episode of the Technical Foul podcast last night, you might have been still a little bit fired up. You didn't get a, you didn't get a sleep yeah. in before, uh, you know, to really settle down about what you saw. So I, I highly recommend. I'm going to listen to it myself. Uh, if you want to hear Camille perhaps less reserved than she has been on this podcast, then maybe check mm-hmm. that out. She might be a little fired out, fired up. Oh, very fired up on that episode. Um, we generally try to keep our episodes around hour and a half mark because we release just one episode a week. Um, yeah. But that episode was two and a half hours. And a good, part, <laughs> a, a good chunk of that was us uh, just kind of venting a little bit about what we just saw. Um, game one was unexpected. And it was live time reaction to, to that. So, yes, it's, a, it's quite a bit more unreserved than I am <laughs> here in this moment but um it's it's all honest it's exactly how i felt in that moment but the end result is still the same i think that the bucks will win this series i love it uh i have got some free time this afternoon so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna chuck that on in the background and, and listen to that but camille as i said second time back you're going to become a regular through the playoffs i've got no doubt about that hopefully we've got a couple of months of basketball still to watch and it starts with for a win sure. tomorrow for the bucks 5 p.m central time uh, I believe that's an ESPN game. So uh, I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people, I was talking to some Bucks fans yesterday that were at work, they weren't able to watch the game. You might have saved yourself. So honestly, you might have saved yourself three hours of frustration. <laughs> Tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Hopefully you can all get to that one and watch it. But Camille, uh, thanks again for jumping on. No problem. Thanks for having me.